Sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Two thousand eight, the prequel trilogy is over, and millions of fans are left without Star Wars. Enter a brave group of Jedi led by Dave Filoni who brought tales of the Jedi, clone armies, and Mandalorians to Cartoon Network, thus keeping hope alive in the galaxy. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi! Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. In this episode, the Siege of Mandalore begins. And Ahsoka turns to Anakin and Obi-Wan for help. There will be a throwback to the Clone Wars movie, lots of feelings from both of us, and we finally reach the Siege of Mandalore. We're talking old friends not forgotten this week. We're here, Chris. Yeah. We're here. We did yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited. I'm enjoying this, but boy, the temptation when I was when I was getting episodes for us to watch of this, the temptation is so hard, and I'm and I'm gonna do it before, you know, before too long. I kept seeing like where people have cut together the the all four of them into one movie, mm-hmm. and I just want to watch it. <laughs> just, you know, I want to watch it. I can't wait to watch it as a movie. I I wish they would. I can't wait for them to re- release it. I you know I, I mean wouldn't... we could have done it as a movie, but it would have been an eight hour episode, and oh my god, like yeah. I can already tell you that uh, Phantom Apprentice. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but yeah, like you know what I wouldn't have been surprised by. I bet you if it wasn't for COVID, that they would have shown this as a movie at Celebration this year. I, I I bet your bottom dollar that that would have been something on the table and they didn't get to do it. So whenever like, I think celebration's not back until 2022, um, which is so weird for them to do anyway. Um, I, I could see them doing it. And I think that's going to be a, a thing that's going to happen is we're going to have Clone Wars as a movie premiere. I just want them to put it in. Fuck. I would actually brave COVID to watch this in the theater. <laughs> um. I, I would I, do I would do the get twenty of my friends and and everybody pitch in five dollars and rent out the theater for five dollars to do it. You could do it. You could do it. You could do it. I think. I think you can go and just play stuff in a theater. I don't know if you could just bring in. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, you'd have to wait till it came out on DVD. Something like that. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you having a good week so far? 
So far, so good. Yeah, what'd you do? Oh, busy as usual. Podcasting, podcasting. We had a catering for 500 people at work. So Who the hell uh, is getting 500 people together in COVID time? It was. It went to a high school, and it was. It, but it wasn't the high school. It was a fundraiser. Somebody was doing a fundraiser at a high school, and uh, not only did we have to give the food, but they uh, obviously they weren't doing it as a large group thing. It was sort of a come and go type of thing. So every, all the food was getting, all the food got cooked. But then we were gonna t- we took it over there and put it back on a grill to keep it warm, and then people were the the plan was people were coming and buying a to go container of it. I have no oh. idea. Uh, I don't. They, I you know, they were expecting five hundred people. Whether those five hundred people, you know, materialized or not, I have no idea. Gotcha, gotcha. So it wasn't like you know five hundred people together. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll know more next week when I go into work and talk to the people who went and set it up and stuff. I haven't seen them since uh, they went out and took the order out. So I don't, I don't really know how it worked out. We've been having, there's, there's been, like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I would be, I would be very surprised if there was a group of 500 people hanging around. Especially for some, it was, it was a charity of some sort. Yeah. Well, at least they were trying to do it safely. I had a good week. I, uh, what did I do this week? I've been watching a show for potentially a future Holt Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, but I'm not quite sure yet, because I already have, like, the, let's see, Johnny Falls, Avatar. Yeah, you, you got a couple of years, you got a couple of years to. <laughs> I have five shows before, uh, right. I, I want to do before we start getting into, like, the red of, like, what am I going to do? Um, so, but yeah, I started watching uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, which actually ran during when Gravity Falls was running. Um, and I, it's been on my list for a long time. And it kind of has that format of, of sort of like, oh, this feels very adventure awake until you get to the end of season one. You're like, everything is different now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm still trying to feel it out. I, I haven't, it hasn't quite captured me the same way that other animated shows like like Gravity Falls or Owl House captured me, but I see, I can definitely see the like the seeds of like why. I mean, actually, it's, it was I think the most watched Disney Channel show. I think still as of now, I think um, huh. definitely of its time, but I I think it still holds that record of like the most watched episode. I think. Um, so I, I had to double check that, but it's uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, my our our buddy Allie, who was on our Rebels roundtable, uh, she was really really suggesting it to me. So, so yeah. So, no, but other than that, just working. You know, being busy. You want to talk Siege of Mandalore? Oh yeah. Guys, so we're gonna be doing all four episodes as commentaries. Um, I'm gonna of course give the background information first, as we always do. And Chris, what is our commentary rules? Our commentary rules. Well, we were sort of talking about this a little bit. I don't know if we call them rules, but we got a little we got a little game plan going in. Well, I mean, like, like, how do we do it? Like, you know, you're, well, you know, like I, I don't want people to think we're going to be shortchanging them on the commentary today because we're still going to do all our commentary on the episodes, just like we would be when we split it up into the three different sections, except we're just going to do it all as one section. But, you know. We'll be talking about the the 
you know, ooh and on through the 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 um, video, but you, you'll hear us. We'll, we'll make there. You know, we could we could actually like if we if we just started talking about something in this episode, like five minutes into the episode, we could start talking about something and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes go by. So we're going to do a lot of we're going to put a pin in stuff. So if well, we might mention some stuff and if it if it warrants longer conversation, we'll put a pin in it and get to it after the after the um, commentary. I just commentary is I think the commentaries are going to be more more like having fun through you know and uh, and getting to to coo in real time over the the just the awesome stuff in this. So I think Chris misunderstood what I was saying. So the way this works is we have our thing set at zero, zero, and we'll give a countdown of three, two, one, go to hit play with us. Oh, okay. We're going into the commentary now. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just talking about like how we do commentaries if this is someone's first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll count us down into it. You have your, you have your, get your, get your, get your, uh, get ready to watch it. Set whatever you're watching you know, go on your Disney Channel player or whatever, set it to zero, zero, and we'll give you a three, two, one countdown to go. And then just hit play when we hit play. Yeah. It's easy. Well, you ready for some background information? I am. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I just realized I probably should have asked you that after I gave you the background information. <laughs> <laughs> Old Friends Not Forgotten is the 120th, or no, I'm sorry, 130th episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. It aired on April 17th, 2020, and it was written by Dave Filoni and directed by Saw Ruiz. Some extra information for you. Ray Stevenson reprises his roles from Star Wars Rebel as Gar Saxon. As Ball Saxon does. I thought Ball Saxon was his brother. Oh, no, this is Nut Saxon. I'm sorry. I'm getting Ball and Nut confused. Was this Ball Saxon and his brother Nut Saxon? Which one was Ball and which one was the Nut? No, I think the Ball died, didn't he? I think the Balls did die. Yeah, I think I think the balls were deflated and I, th I think the, this was just and the nut ascended. Because I remember we had uh Finn uh <laughs> Finn Rao. The, 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 ball, like, the ball was burst and, and the nuts descended <laughs> into <Yeah>. place. Because <laughs> we had Finn Rao and Gars. We just did Rebels like like two months ago. How did we already forget this? <laughs> anyway. Rook Cast is voiced by Vanessa Marshall. Her other works include the Harley Quinn TV series, Regular Show, Star Trek Lower Decks, and of course the voice of Harrison Dula in Star Wars Rebels Forces of Destiny and Star Squad and uh, Squadrons, the new video game. Rook Cast and Gar Saxon actually made their first appearance in the Son of Dathomir comic series, which came from unproduced episodes of Clone Wars. Donald Faison is the voice of the tactical droid at the beginning of the episode, and he is the third Star Wars Resistance voice actor this season. This episode begins with the classic green, a Lucasfilm limited production title card, which was featured in the initial theatrical run of the original trilogy. They also use a red Clone Wars logo while the John Williams theme from the films plays. 
During the opening sequence, as Tom Kane yells, Betrayal! as the voice of war, you can quickly see young Kane and Jairus. He is still Caleb Doom, and he's standing beside his master, Depa Bialba. Ahsoka also sports new Mandalorian armor, and even includes wearing Beskar armor. I note this because I would love if there's rumors, of course, but oh, by the time this comes out, we might already have Ahsoka in Mandalorian. With all the rumors of Ahsoka and Mandalorian, I almost would love her to still have like some of the Beskar armor and Din just Din Djarin just being like, You don't you're not allowed to have that. And Ahsoka just being like, Bitch, I earned this. Come this take is my it. Beskar. <laughs> come take this Beskar. Yeah, just come try and take it off my boobs. I will stab you, boy. Like I just see her just being like, I earned this at the siege of Mandalore. You were a child. I protected your people. Try and end up with a Beskar boot up your butt. Yeah, and uh, and they would just be like, uh, no thanks. (laughs) This episode officially lines up with the start of episode three, with the kidnapping of Papa Palpatine on Coruscant by General Greedy. During production, the internal nickname for the Mandalorians, Mandalorians loyal to Maul, were called the Maul-Delorians. And finally, in the Clone Wars download for this episode, Dave Filoni says that the movies of the prequels in the original trilogy are about the rise, fall, and redemption of Anakin Skywalker. He didn't feel the need to tell that story at this point in Clone Wars. So he wanted to wrap up the stories of, in his words the other main characters being Ahsoka and Rex. Dave felt the responsibility to wrap up the uh, series from their point of view. But he also wanted a proper send-off for Anakin and Obi-Wan too, while serving the plot of the episode along with the emotional elements too. Speaking of emotional elements, how you doing, Yoda? No more platitudes for Yoda. I know, I hope that batch did platitudes. That'd be really fun. Yoda has 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 fortune cookies. You have fortune cookies. Fortune fortunes from fortune cookies. Yoda could read. Yoda could read. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. That's okay. yeah. Yes. Yes. Platitude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Memories make what we are. Dreams make what we will be. In bed. Yoda can do questions too. A question for Yoda? Yes, Yoda's happy now. Yes. Okay, okay. Questions too? Yes, questions too. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes. Have we finally reached the Siege of Mandalore? Are you cool that in a few episodes all your friends are going to brutally die horrific deaths? Oh. They come, they go. Oh, violet blanket. <laughs> when 800 years old, you are friends like pets, you know? Get attached, but you gotta get new ones. You know, that's true. I will give you that. When you're that old, I mean, you kind of do outlive everybody. Like vampire we are. Yeah. <gasps> oh, wow. You've seen so much. Yoda has seen so much. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Done so much. So much. Okay, go away so we can watch Siege of Mandalore. What? <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. 
Pad of paper yet? I'm on zero zero. Okay. All right, I'm ready. As am I. Okay, good. Good, good. countdown. Count. Everyone ready, listeners, for the countdown? You ready? All right. All right, everybody ready? You ready, Hope? I'm ready. All right, here we go. From three, three, two, one, go. I knew automatically that this was going to be so different when I saw the Lucasfilm thing, because I was like, that's what they did for the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> and, like, right from the get-go, we get both your Grievy and Kanan, like, baby Kanan, like, in the opening, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, but that's all the Grievy I get. I so. know, I was really bummed out that you didn't get more Grievy this season. The, the text is so, like, this is, like, stuff I used to generate on iMovies. So I thought it was something, I thought somebody doctored over these, the, the, the ones I watched the first time. I didn't think that was the official. There's Baby Kanan, Baby Kanan, look at his baby face in there, by Kanan. There he goes, oh. And, uh. This hurts my feelings, too, because, like, right in this opening sequence, like, seeing Aya Sakura and Plo Kloon, we see, like, how they're setting them up for their Order 66. Yeah. Which, which I thought was so, like, smooth to do because it just kind of sets the tone for this arc of, like, oh, they're on their way to die. I mean, right, already, like, we're just seeing a level of animation we've never seen before in Clone Wars. Or Rebels, or any of the Star Wars animated. This is cinema level. You know, uh, if this was a cinematic movie, they probably would have spent a little bit more money sweetening it up a little bit. But boy, it doesn't need it. Look at all those little sparks and every little detail. Every oh, yeah. Every ship that crashes. The rocks on the ground under Cody's feet. Yep. The dirt on Obi-Wan. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is set up like a movie. This is this is not your average, like, Clone Wars beginning. This so is like... So funny you said that, because you know why? One of the bi my big notes that I'll definitely come back and talk to is about how this parallels the Clone Wars movie. Like, this is the opening of the Clone Wars movie. Yes. They're on a bridge, and uh, Obi-Wan is in Anakin's spot. Anakin's about to come out and do that. They even had the big Octa spider droids as well as Anakin's first appearance in the series. And, oh, Toast Daddy, you so cute in this. Oh, and look but, how cool the, whole, the whole feel of it is a movie. It's It's like... Okay, we've seen Anakin and Obi-Wan already in this season, you know, but this it, it, this comes out like it's, you know, not reintroducing the characters for the first time, but it's reintroducing. It's like, ah, you haven't seen them for a while, and here they are in the movie, and they're sort of just doing their thing, you know, and uh, it's very Star Wars. It's a set piece. And, you know, re reintroduce all our characters, see what they're up to, see that they're all, you know, where their personalities are at and stuff. So it just doesn't seem like an episode in the middle of a season, you know, yeah. or towards the end of a season or just a just a episode of a show. It's very cinematic. The music is there's more music. It's full orchestrated. And a lot of it is 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 scored right to the action which takes more time and money. 
Mm-hmm. And now we have now we have Anakin doing what Obi Wan did in the Clone Wars movie. Absolutely, yeah. This entire <laughs> I love him. Test Daddy is so funny in this one. And I love that they understand that everybody loves stupid droids. I know. Not everybody. And when I hear people don't like them, I'm just like, what? You don't like fun? What's wrong <laughs> with you to not like fun? How long has I do? I always wonder how long has it been since we've seen R two in this series? Because I know this is actually one of my favorite moments I of the episode. Di- I feel that Disney wanted to to. Uh, <laughs> I just to have to say this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite moments when all the clones are just like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I feel almost that Disney wanted. <laughs> <clears throat> oh my god, it's Hype Phazon! Hype Phazon's in the thing! Hey Donald Phazon, welcome to your three seconds of Clone Wars. <laughs> I just, I, I feel Disney wanted to sort of put R2 and 3PO on the back burner for new droids. I, I'm just kind of talking about, like, um, in general, like, because I don't think we see R2 at all in the Bad Bad show. I was actually just trying to remember, when was the last time we saw R2 in Clone Wars? I don't yeah. honestly remember. This is about it for R2 in Clone Wars I, in Season 7, I believe. You know, and he does his, his role well. He does, but, yeah. I. And I mean that, like, when Ahsoka comes and they have, you see that moment of them being, like, very emotional together. Because that's, that's, you know, that's our 2 and Snips. It's in the feelings. Fuck, I meant to close my window before we started. It's cold. Oh, well. I'm just going to hunker over my computer. Now, talk, keep Let you Star warm. Wars keep you warm. <laughs> the feel of Star Wars. Ah, uh, look but at all the rubble. Look the at the background, rubble. the fog. The cracks in the, in the asphalt. Yeah, everything is just like... I mean... Those lights up, just the street lights. They're they're segmented with a mesh on them and stuff. You that that's extra detail that you know that you have to put in there that you don't really need in there. But that's Star Wars in a nutshell, you know. Sir, we received a transmission. It's betrayal. Actually, this oh gosh, I have a lot of. I will come back to Saw Gerrera as a fulcrum because I have thoughts about Saw Gerrera being a fulcrum and it's. Yeah, put a pin, put a pin in that. I, I, I would argue for the story validity of Saw being a fulcrum, but I also don't. Yeah, I don't like Saw being a fulcrum, but I could see, at some point, him. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, this point where Obi Wan's face the whole time, he sees Ahsoka and he immediately looks at Anakin, just like, oh, <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's this. We'll put a pin in this. There's a lot to talk about about how this how. Obi-Wan is portrayed uh, and Anakin are portrayed I love in this. Every, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the, just the purposeful I think they purposely like make Obi-Wan kind of a a dick in in this one or I don't see him as a dick at any point in this. It, he's not a dick. Yeah, well, he's he's the the the, the like okay, he's been an authority figure to Anakin and Ahsoka. But he's being a big pain in the ass. He's being very I, Obi-Wan and like, we must follow the Jedi Council and see, stuff. See, that's the like, thing. Like, I don't, I think he's playing the role he's always played. But because right. we've gone, hold on, but because we've gone on the, 
the journey with Ahsoka, and we're also gone through this with Anakin, we now see the flaws of that. So I don't yes. think he's not acting any different than he has the entire series. He's just we see them now in a different light because of Anakin and Ahsoka's journeys. Well, well, that's the thing is he's not acting any different. Ahsoka and Anakin are different. <laughs> Ahsoka and Anakin are different from when they first were around Obi Wan, and like. Obi-Wan this, really really could have changed a little bit, you know. He this is been... another uh, nod to the Clone Wars movie here, too. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Like his arrival. But, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, but I, I think Obi-Wan... they did it pur- purposely to put some of, to put some of that tension in it because there's oh, yeah. obviously tension about to explode yeah, between anyone. Humans and then the, the, they don't see each other again till the Ahsoka novel. <laughs> it hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, everything hurts. I just gonna say this from the get go. When we see the back of her head, I think Bo-Katan's haircut is so stupid from the back. She looks cool from the front, but up in the back, she looks. Oh, look at poor Tosetti's feelings are hurt. See, I think they make An- Anakin looks like softer than he usually does, and, and Obi Wan is a little like more like, angular than we're used to. All Anakin wants to do is talk to Ahsoka and have feelings, and oh, just wants, yeah, so he just wants to hang out and catch up. And I I love that that's Anakin's fatal flaw is that he just loves he loves so hard that he can't conform to the Jedi and I love that that's his fatal flaw is and then possessiveness like we're seeing right here with the whole Obadiah thing and she's like oh, I don't have time to talk about the fact that I got a girlfriend with the Pikes and the kids um, like I love that about him can I I am going to point out one pet peeve of this arc and it's only in this arc and it's because the animation is so good that it makes me really see it. Ahsoka's bottom eyelids are so pronounced, like you can see her eyelids, and when, especially when you get in certain scenes, and it bothers me so much. Huh. Interesting, just, I didn't notice that. Now I'm going to be just, on the lookout, Ahsoka. though. Yeah, it's just Ahsoka, it's nobody else, but for some reason, especially in the scene where they walk in and Anakin gives, like, all the clones are there with the painted helmets... I noticed it in the trailer from the first get-go, and I've never been able to unsee it, but it's just Ahsoka, and maybe it's just because she's orange, so it stands out a little bit more, but, yeah. I've also wondered this, like, there's gonna, I've noticed, okay, a lot of the characters in in Clone Wars that have come from the movies, Mm -hmm. that we, we know through actors, have relatively normal sized eyes. Whereas all the original characters, their eyes are like even Bo-Katan here. Her eyes are a little bigger than a normal Aww. Obi-Wan. Like Anakin's eyes are a little bigger. Obi-Wan's ha- Obi-Wan has normal size eyes. Ahsoka has definitely bigger eyes than anybody else here. And I wonder how that's going to feel when we get to a real, real life actress playing her. I wonder if it's going to look weird to for her eyes to be normal size. I mean, she doesn't have big anime See, eyes. She has a stupid haircut from behind. Sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. I have to just note a couple of things. One, Satine feelings. I just had Satine feelings, and I always love Book Katan's line of, What's another war? Ugh. Come on. That was 
prosper you. So what's so painful about this is just knowing that after this next scene they don't see each other again. Don't rabble! <laughs> I think this is such a good last scene for the two of them as well. Because... Oh yeah! Oh my god, she's using her, the weapons he gave her the last time they saw each other. The next time they see each other. On him. No, 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 because remember she leaves the lightsabers behind. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she she gets her lightsabers from an Inquisitor um, in the Ahsoka novel. That's where she gets her white lightsabers. Um, oh. See, I love this scene, too, because what am I... Look at her eyelids! <laughs> They're it's like the, It's like she had that tattoo, the, the permanent makeup applied, almost. Yeah. Especially in the scene. But I... Uh... Maybe, well, maybe they wanted to, uh, like, I mean, a lot of emotion goes through the eyes, and maybe they wanted to really key up her, yeah. her eyes for her emotional yeah. reactions. Because look at her. Her eyes look like they're welling up with tears, you know? I know, I know. And they look like her bottom eyelids look like tiny little candy dishes. Look at Rex, though. <laughs> <laughs> look at Rex. He's so proud and happy. Like, I love this scene because one of my pet peeves of um, the Ahsoka Leaves arc is Rex never got a chance to say goodbye to Ahsoka. So I love that this kind of comes full circle to where now they get to spend the rest of the arc together. So they together get a goodbye, you know, as as of, as friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, it, we it, get it to have two re reunited scenes with them, too. This one and, and Rebels. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have a lot of feelings about this whole lightsaber thing with Anakin. And welcome to episode three, everybody. Papa Palpatine's is getting kidnapped, and he and look, Obi Wan even has his robe. He had time to put his his robe. Uh, this I, scene, this scene so is low key just so awesome, and it's, and this is where. And you like this is, you don't... this is where it shows why the Martez sister arc was so important. Is this scene? Well, the, this is also where I realized watching it narratively, like as soon as that rrr, 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 and they're like Palpatine's been captured, it's like of course on under attack. It's like boom! It instantly puts a timeline on this. Oh yeah. And set and sets where it is, and. I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, I we know right this. where we are. We're sort of fo we're we're right at the beginning of episode. Hold on. One second. I must say this line of that's not fair. I'm not trying to be is the best line of the episode. Go wow, on. Wow, you said those right along with the my um my uh subtitles. I know. <laughs> we just said it, they popped up on the. Yes, I. That's a put a pin on it. We. I got notes to talk about that line. I love that line. That 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 sort of sticks. It, that's where that's where you see Anakin and Ahsoka both understand that like, well, sometimes you can't always be fair, you know. <laughs> and I do like this kind of thing with Obi Wan too, like, he. This is where I feel like they like it's automatically water under the bridge with them. Because this, he's not having to like be all this like super duper Jedi -y here, and it's, and he, I think he recognizes that there's definitely pain, and he can tell that he's hurt Ahsoka. So I feel like this is the kind of like apology of just being like, you know what, I'm gonna let you do this thing, 
Um, it is. There's just a tension there, you know, oh, and I think they purposely put it in because well, he was on the council that framed her and yeah. he didn't fight for her. Yeah. So she has no reason to trust him anymore, which is why it's so painful, because that's like her grandpa master. I have thoughts on these lightsabers, by the way. Um, this is both super sweet and sentimental, but ultimately very selfish of Anakin as well. <laughs> And throws a little bit of that possessiveness that he has all over these lightsabers. I love it. Yeah, it's like when, uh, uh, well, it's like when Homer Simpson would buy Marge a Christmas present, like a bowling ball. Because <laughs> yeah. he wanted a bowling ball. <laughs> because lightsabers are so deeply personal, and the fact that he altered the color to be his color, not her color she originally had says a lot and it's it's supposed to be sentimental and i do recognize that it's sentimental but at the same time it's that little like edge of possessiveness that well, look at her face she's she's she she sees it too you know yeah, she's absolutely. not she's not blind to it you know she's she's a little more she's a little more cynical than anakin or obi-wan there i think i think yeah but to, to go back to what you were saying about the timelines and everything as well um I think that's when we've been saying all season, that's the strength of this season is from the first episode with the bad badge, you feel episode three looming. Like you feel it from the get go of oh, yeah. seven. But once we get on this, they purposely We're here, we're in throughout episode the episodes, three. they keep giving you a little 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 checkup on where you are, you know, how close you are to Anakin and Obi-Wan, you know, Anakin turning, basically. Anakin's yeah, yeah, yeah. turning is also, a it's like a secondary hinge or a parallel hinge of the story in this one. But I, this story, like, parallels the just, like, how Anakin turning to the dark side basically throws uh, the... I just have the, to say, I love that Bo-Katan line of just, like, I'm fine with my people hating me. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. It says so much about her character. <laughs> I'll, I'll be hated. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, uh, you gotta break a few eggs to make oh, an omelet. Oh, look, it's Gar Saxon. I call him Mandalorian, um, um, Tarkin. Because he does a he does a little message over the that that message he just did was very Tarkin esque in its delivery. Tar, uh, Gar Saxon or Almec? Almec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to yell Gar. I like Rookcast too. There was actually a while there where um, before we met Ursa in Rebels, people thought Rook was uh, Sabine's mom because she looks so much like Sabine, even yeah, in the, the comics. Same hair. Yeah, yeah. And, and even like in the comic, uh, she had that hair in the comic. But no, look, there's Mama Bear, Ursa Wren. Hey, your babies are off, and your dad's probably, you know, your husband's probably taking care of the babies. Oh, this entire scene is so good. Rex's little smile, the whole thing. Oh, oh I love this scene. It's so good. This is another one of those like Clone Wars parallels too, being the the race to the bottom. Yeah, well, this is a this is this the, the they uh it's a parallel they parallel it at the end of uh, Siege of Mandalore too. That's what I like is is Ahsoka and Rex have they have a, a happy race to the bottom and and a more like tragic. They they do the same thing. They have to, two totally different feels, and this it's fun and adventurous, 
and the huh. next time they race to the bottom, it's kind of has an undercurrent of doom and the death to it. little smile right there. Right there. I love that Rex smile. The little, ugh. Rex smiles so rarely and he laughs. Ugh. I love seeing Ahsoka with lightsabers, too. I kind of hurt. Like, I spent so much in Martez's dark forgetting she didn't have lightsabers, and, like, now that she has them, I'm just like, ah, oh, everything feels so right again. That's I will say what Ahsoka's scene, thinking, too. <laughs> I will say with that scene, with her, like, punching the people inside the ship, the thwacks are extra loud. They almost sound like cartoony, like, Saturday morning cartoon th thwacks, because they're so distinct and loud. When she punches people, it's just like, thwack, thwack. Whack. And it's so like Saturday morning cartoon. It's and very satisfying. <laughs> I wouldn't say satisfying. They take me out of the scene. Oh, really? <laughs> Every I, time. I like it. Oh, but this. Oh. this. Hope got 12 degrees gayer every time she watches that slide. Every time Hope gets gayer. And it's so good. And I like her little hoppy hops. I love you, Ahsoka, the Queen Tano. You're the queen of my world. And you're the best. I love you. <laughs> You're the best. I like she just... Jedis have this total mode. And it's like... Like, she could be going forward with everybody. You. Yeah, she could... Keep going. She could I just, be like, totally... You. <laughs> Jedi always do this. So they could totally be just leading the charge the whole time and, and, like, tripling the power of the front line. But they just sort of... It's very Jedi. They just sort of will beat their way in there and then the people they're supporting when they come in they're just sort of like okay go ahead <laughs> we cleared a path for you there, there's just like this like small degree of removal from the jedi being like uh, and and then again these guys are sort of off on a on a shady semi shady mission so maybe it would be better not to let the or you know just let the mandalorians lead the whole thing yeah but, uh, I love I, I love the look of this the like glow from the background of this coming off the city is just beautiful. I was really hoping I could find it in um, the background information, but I didn't see anything about it. Um, for characters like Rook Cast and some of the like female Mandalorians, um, not Bo-Katan because she has her own character model, but like the background ones, I keep wondering if they use Sabine's character model because they move like Sabine. Um, from Rebels, and a lot of them have the same, like, similar kind of uh, silhouette as Sabine. So I can only assume that they probably redid, redid use, reuse, they did reuse those character models, but I couldn't find it in the background notes, so if, if anybody ever finds that, shoot it to me, I'd love to read it. Because that's, that's my theory, because Rook Cass definitely moves and runs, and, like, Sabine r ran for four seasons. Look at that, Clone Trooper just hanging there <laughs> on, the, on the elevator. Just hanging there, the body, they didn't take it down. It's creeps. Well, that's the, that's the thing. You get the feel that just seconds ago that this was a battle. If You can almost feel the battle hanging over it. I'm surprised oh, yeah. there isn't more like sort of smoke hanging around or, or whatever, but... It's just ominous. It's just... Usually the clones are better about like let's let's just get our brother down from there, you know. But like, it's just yeah. This file we're watching isn't a super high definition HD TV level picture, but it still looks amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Like the the level I of love... detail and and lighting in this is just unbelievable. I love Almec's armor because this is actually a moment that I really like because I never actually thought of Almec wear having armor for the first place, and then when I realized, I was like, of course he ha- has armor. They're Mandalorians; they all have armor. Yeah. And it and it made me want to see Duchess Satine's armor because you know I I kept thinking back to the line that. Uh, Sabine said of like I forged my armor with my family we did it in our ritual and I just loved this idea of like Bo and Satine forging their armor together and it just it, seeing Almec in his armor really made me want to see what Satine would have looked like in Duchess armor and what that would have been and ugh, I want it I also like that like even though he's getting his ass kicked uh Almec kind of fights which is a new side of him too. Well, I I think every Mandalorian has some level of of fighting, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Of, I'm of not saying built in, especially one that's in in any kind of ch- command chain, you know, unless they're like an unless they're artist class like Sabine's dad. Oh. Now now here's some more just animation, beautiful. Okay, they all got their flashlights on, so that's complicated lighting. But not only that, every flashlight you can see the 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 what, what do they call a Fresnel lens shape on each of the you know you can see the shape of the glass on the lens through their the, their lens light instead of just like animating a beam of light coming out of the top of their head, they have they have a beam of light through a piece of glass and then you'll have like five of them all crossing over each other doing their and then they do the when they hit a wall you know the the shape of the the circle will distort and be brighter where it's closer it's just uh, and you don't is... even think about it because that's just how that stuff looks when you film it but they have to create that and it's so much more work than they really would have to do to to sell this scene you know this is so smart of maul too yeah just using her men to lure her further and further in and she knows yeah yeah it's maul and the mandalorians just like oh like the tragedy of her having to hear like the australian accents kiwi accents down the hall like no 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 (laughs) you know she knows there's nothing she can do at this point you know it's been the trap's been sprung yeah. Oh. And then out comes Spiky Boy, Spiky Boy. Welcome to the Siege of Mandalore Mall. Oh, and he comes out behind her. I liked this reveal, though, that he was. He, this was meant, all meant for Obi Wan, because of course it is with Maul. Of course it was meant for Obi Wan. But I like that ahsoka was the one that like messed up his plans oh god and i'll definitely talk a lot more about this next week when we do phantom apprentice but i love like what foils maul and ahsoka are for each other as well you know they're the two apprentices that have been cast out and cast out of both of their proper orders and oh i can't wait to talk about foils next week phantom apprentice is my favorite favorite episode of this season and it's gonna be so good i'm, I'm not gonna I, I i won't know till our second viewing through it i i noticed in this one my second viewing was so much better you know mm-hmm. knowing knowing like i knew in the future that they were gonna race to the bottom and i'm just like oh yes okay we got some symmetry there and i like and and also another clue here that this should all be cut to a movie <clears throat> 
is that there's no music at the end. It doesn't, you know, do the do the end because it's like it's oh it's not over. <laughs> yeah. At all. All right. I'm cutting out all my little tiny notes I've already covered. All right, I'm down to my my big and my couple small notes I didn't get. So, part one, Siege of Mandalore, we did it. Woo! It flies by, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and throw out my, my, my two little notes that I didn't get to, uh, just because we were talking and stuff. Um, when... Ahsoka comes in and Rex is there with all the painted clo- uh, like clone helmets and stuff like that. Anakin says the line, loyalty means everything to the clones. That line is extra painful knowing that Order 66 is on the horizon. Yeah. Um, because it does. like That is their thing. They are the most loyal soldiers and they're all good men. And it's just not fair. <laughs> and that line hurts me every single time. Fuck off, Clone Wars. It, it would be great. <laughs> that would be a great thing that they were loyal if you couldn't just switch their loyalty with a button. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and my my other kind of penny note that I get taught to you. I've always wondered why Rex was never a commander, and I love that it's saved for this season, this moment. This is why he was never a commander. Was for a freaking siege of Mandalore, and I just thought that was so funny of Dave Filoni because that that was a that was always a big question. Like before we even knew we were gonna have a siege of Mandalore in a season seven, you know, I'd always hear people being like, "Why wasn't Rex a commander? Why is, was it? Why was he always just a captain? It was for story. It was for plot." And I think that's so hilarious that it was plot reasons why Rex was never a commander. And then we get that great line in the fourth episode when we get there where Rex was like, "Ah." As I never liked being a commander anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. All right. Well, where do you want to start with all the big notes? I have four. I have uh, the parallel of the Clone Wars movie, Saw Guerrero being a fulcrum agent, the Anakin's asso- uh, possessiveness with lightsabers, and the it's not fair, I'm not trying to be. Those are my those last. Are all, those all sort of mirror my big notes. So let's just, let, let's just go over those one at a time. All right. Well, we'll start at the top. Um, I love that the Clone Wars movie is how how this parallels the Clone Wars movie because it's almost like Bizarro opposite world where it's it has so many nods to it, but like we have the entire opening sequence with the bridge just because that's how the series opens on Christophsis and there's a bridge and there's like octopus big like octaterra droids and that was Anakin's first appearance like in the series was him disabling one of those and Anakin's in the Obi-Wan position but they're in those opposite roles and then you have the moment where Ahsoka arrives on the ship and it's the opposite of what what it was, because like in the Clone Wars movie, Anakin was very begrudging about her arrival, but here he's like excited, and like she's the one that's not like not the most excited to see them because you know they're Jedi and she's not even anymore. The only and hot I, question he's got for is, "How are you?" <laughs> I know, I know. And then we have the Ahsoka and Rex reuniting because they've come full circle from their very first meeting where Rex was just like, I don't know about this child. Why is this child here? And they've come full circle because like they're now reuniting. And then, of course, we have the race because in the movie, they're racing to the top of the temple. And here they're racing to the surface of the planet. And it's so it's so interesting. And I love that they did this where they set up this whole like parallel, like 
siding of, of the Clone Wars movie, because this is a movie. Siege of Mandalore is a movie in itself. Yeah. And it feels yeah. like it, it comes off that way. But I also think this works so well because they kind of previewed this kind of storytelling with the Martez sister story. Where, because the first time we had episode three of the Martez sister arc, where they did the physical runaround, but they were emotionally in different places by the end of the episode, they never did that kind of storytelling before in, in Clone Wars until that episode. And it was kind of like a little mini preview of that for this episode, only this, instead of it being one episode, it's the entire series is the circle, and now we're in a different place. Well, they're also mirroring episode three. You know, story-wise, there's uh um on the bridge musically that when 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 oh, Anakin's about to you know drop his um his uh his plan, they they totally reference back to Return of the Jedi because it plays the same music where Luke is on the sail barge and he's just about to walk the plank, you know, and he's telling Jabba, you know, this is your last chance, and they're all laughing at him. So it, it totally parallels that scene, and it's got the same sort of bwomp, bwomp music, lead-up music to it that, you know, and, that you know, just that tension music, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the plan is hatched and 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 starts happening. So they're, they're drawing parallels all around, but, like, you should right now, because this is where, like, this is a moment in Star Wars where really... This is like one of the those most important time periods in all of the Star Wars history that we've seen that almost everything that we've seen in the movies and on the TV shows hinges around this time period. Yeah. It was either leading up to this or the the after effects of this, but it's like it's just this intense period in in Star Wars, you know, timeline history. And everybody is caught in the gravity of it in this. And they tie it all together without being cheesy about it at all. There's n- never one false moment in this where they where they tie together with the other movies where it feels just like a gratuitous reference or parallel or anything. That, that's a really good point. Like, I, I didn't think of it kind of, you know, I, I subconsciously kind of thought of it that way, but... You're right. Like I don't thinking back to Rebels and Resistance. There's really this is the only point in all of Star Wars animation that direct directly ties into a movie, and because everything else is just kind of like explanations and lead up and kind of you know like background info about why things happen and stuff. But never has it's never ran parallel to it. And no. it. I I I know I've seen a couple people like float around like little scenes super cut together. Um, I can't remember if it's next week or the week after, but there is one scene. Wait, I think it's episode three. Now that I think about it, where somebody super cut cut together, where it's the scene where Yoda's just like, oh, I since you know betrayal or something yeah. coming, blah blah blah, and, and Mace Windu is like, hey, what's up, citizen? But like somebody super cut that together with episode three. And Ahsoka misses Anakin by seconds. Like, Anakin walks out of the room, 
and Yoda says his line and Ahsoka walks into the room. Right. And right. it's so interesting watching those scenes super cut together. And I would almost want to see this super cut together, like a full, like what, four hour movie with <laughs> Revenge of the Sith completely cut together. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. I'd watch yeah. that. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm sure it's already out there somewhere on the internet. Um, but yeah, like it just, it really changes everything and you know i i was seeing a lot of like some people complaining about how this anakin is very different from revenge of the sith anakin and i don't think so i think they do such a good job giving the context to why anakin is the way he is in revenge of the sith and the sith anakin in that opening scene of revenge of the sith is totally in lockstep with the Anakin we see in this, in this, in the Siege of Mandalore. It, it, it totally is. He's, he, he and Obi-Wan he are still joking around a little he, bit, you know? And they, 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 they ha- he has the world. He has his wife. They're on the edge of victory. Ahsoka is back. Like, Ahsoka's back in his life. Like, he doesn't know yet know his wife is pregnant because he's an idiot. But, um, like, the, yeah, like, they are the same Anakin. It's Anakin at the top of his world, on the edge of victory, on his game and they are the same person and I don't see how people don't see that. And then it all crashes down around him. Yep. Yep. All at once. Well, that's the thing is he's at the top of this world, but he's still, you know, he's still got, he's still never dealt with the problems. And that's another one of I things is I think, you know, the tension between Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and, and Anakin in this one, I think it just stands out maybe a little more for me because I've just been watching Rebels and stuff like that where, like, Kanan and Ezra didn't... They had a little tension early on, but once they got into where they were working together, you know, it, it on the surface, it could you could draw all those parallels to Anakin and Obi-Wan working together. But then, you know, I mean... Anakin just has that crushing, you know, just grudge against Obi-Wan, you know, that, and so that does Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that that yeah. even though they still they still work together and stuff, they're not that you, you know, uh, we've gotten used to seeing some more healthy relationships between the two of them, you know. I was about to say I'm really glad you brought up Rebels because that that was one of our main conversations that we had about Kanan and Ezra is they talked. They yeah. they talked about everything. Kanan hugged him. We, we constantly there, brought could have like, been like a lot Kanan of misery in the galaxy if 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 Anakin and, and Obi-Wan knew how to use their words properly. And, and it's so it's so night and day, because especially going back to something like the, I don't remember which Bad Batch episode it was, but it was the one with Padme. And you're, you're talking about that grudge. Obi-Wan pretty much said, Anakin, I don't know that you're married, but I know you're doing something with Padme. And I can tell that you're in love with her. And Anakin still doesn't trust him because of everything that happened to Ahsoka. Because that, I, I feel like that really was the last straw for Anakin to go, I can't trust the Order anymore. And, and everything's different. I don't think him, I think him and Obi-Wan, it's been a hot minute since I watched the rest of Clone Wars. But I think they only have one real talk after that. And that's the Padme arc with Clovis, where her old boyfriend comes up and he almost murders right. his bo- her boyfriend. And Obi-Wan comes in and he's like, look, dude, I know what love is. You know I love Satine. 
and Anakin wouldn't talk to him, wouldn't talk to him at all about that because it was after. I think if it that had happened before they had kicked Ahsoka, like framed Ahsoka and stuff like that, that conversation might have been different. But I think that was the thing of saying that I love Obi-Wan. He's my mentor. He's my friend. But he's also a, a, a council member now. And I cannot trust the council. So I can't tell him anything because he's bound to this council. And we see that again here. Um, you know, Bo-Katan is pleading for help. These people need help. And the first thing Obi-Wan does is, I have to consult the council. And every other person in the room, from Bo-Katan to Anakin to Ahsoka, is like, dude, dude. <laughs> We don't have time for that. We need to make a decision. And yeah, but Bo-Katan is also kind of scandalous as, you know, as an ally. That, that is actually true. She did try to kill Ahsoka in like season four. So. <laughs> but I feel like that she shows up with Ahsoka, says something. But at the same time, as they say, they, they've been out of touch with Ahsoka. They don't know. So they I I, I bought that they would be su suspicious of Bo-Katan. I, I will give you that, too, because last time Obi-Wan has saw Bo-Katan, to our knowledge, is them starting a civil war where Death Watch is splitting and she is fighting against Maul. So that would kind of put them on the side and stuff. And, but it, it is Obi-Wan playing politics. You know, if they help Bo-Katan, they're breaking a thousand-year-old treaty. If, you know, and if... So they have everything against them to like po politics-wise as well. And then the chancellor chancellor comes into this, and and Ahsoka's like, "You're siding with the chancellor." You know, Coruscant is the capital. It's the most well defended well defended place in the galaxy, and you have these people who need your help, and you're running to the chancellor. You're playing politics, man. And yeah, oh, that's what makes that scene of like, "That's not fair." I'm not trying to be. So good, so good, because I, I like that, I like no fucks to give Ahsoka, you know, they hurt her, she's not gonna hold back how she feels, and she's also just spent the last four episodes with two very sassy little lesbians, who's right. gonna be like, no, you tell them off, and I think it's extra, I really do think it's an extra story. Well, she's got the story of their parents hanging over her, too, so. Absolutely, and I actually think if it was anybody other than Obi-Wan, I think she would have not went off a little bit as much. I think she would have been like, you know, she still would have been like, you're playing politics. These people need your help. But Obi-Wan's like her grandparent master because he's Anakin's master and Anakin's her master. You know, they're aligned. They're a family. You know, they've fought together. He has helped train her. Like, you know, they've spent time away from Anakin, just the two of them doing stuff. And I think that's that was the extra like pain that's in that scene. And Ashley Eckstein just sells that hurt because you can hear it like on the undertone of her voice of I'm not trying to be fair. You fucked me over, man. I trusted you like I felt that. Yeah, uh, it's so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> I feel like I've been rambling. Please say other things. What's up? <laughs> I, I feel like I've been rambling. Please say other things. Oh no, I I mean, I completely agree with you on that. I that that was that was my favorite line in the whole thing because it was mm -hmm. it was just sort of um, Obi Wan saying that's not fair is almost like somebody just admitting that they don't get it, you know, uh, uh, the the situation, and he's I, like, you, no, what? I feel the opposite. I think he fully gets it, but he. He under like I think he fully gets it, but he knows that she gets it too, 
and she's using it against him that they both get it and so i i yeah yeah i think she's right she's right in this in this thing and 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 obi-wan is being a little stubborn and and you know Obi-Wan, but also we as viewers, and I have to realize that when I'm watching this, I as a viewer know what's go- what's coming in the future, and Obi-Wan doesn't, so yeah, Obi-Wan might just still be sort of stumbling around hoping for the best. I, I, I think that's such the interesting thing, is us knowing what happens as viewers, which makes her and Anakin's last conversation so poignant. Because it's not a goodbye, and it shouldn't be a goodbye. It shouldn't be like a goodbye, Master. I won't see you again till Rebels. Like it should be that open-endedness of I'll see you after the war, you know. Um, and I think it's so beautifully done because to the characters, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. The sad thing is they don't see each other later until oh, yeah, Twilight of the, the Apprentice, right. and he's fucking Vader. <laughs> oh, that scene hurts me so much. If Kevin Kiner had that, like, little bit of Ahsoka Anakin's theme, like, the little, like, that plays from Twilight of the Apprentice just kind of, like, laying under there, I would have lost my mind. (laughs) So it's good that he didn't do that. Can I talk? I guess we should talk about the lightsaber since we're talking about that, but I also have feelings about Saul Guerrero being a fulcrum. (laughs) I'm okay with it. I don't, I, 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 you know, I mean, I... Like in a situation like this, you know, there's there's that that's the thing about Saw Guerrero's. He's a great character. In the end, uh, he's he helped enough people to to do his part to helping the galaxy, but he also did it like really. He also hurt a lot of people, but he was also fundamental in it. And you know that that just because he's a jerk and he's and he started Fulcrum doesn't make Fulcrum's an idea. So if he started a good idea... He didn't start it, because uh, they specifically say it's Anakin's code. So it's heavily applied that Anakin started it. Okay, so, so but, but, but you know, I mean, so he's, but he's using, a, he's, Fulcrum is a, is a good thing. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that somebody that was maybe not, maybe sketchy used it for some period of time is... Unfor- maybe Sagrera did not deserve the <laughs> status of a fulcrum compared to other fulcrums in the future, but you know, <laughs> that's the real that's the reality of war, I guess, you know. Okay. I have two thoughts on it. And it's one of those things like I have my one is my initial gut reaction, which I still I still feel this initial gut reaction. And the other one's my logical reaction that I've had time to sit on for a while. So I think the reason, and it's I've had this conversation with a with several people, so it's not just me; it's several people. It's very heavily implied in the Ahsoka novel that Ahsoka created Fulcrum. It's not flat out said, but it's heavily implied that she created Fulcrum because she has this conversation with Bail Organa, and he's like, "We're going to need this this thing." She's like. You know what? Like, why, why don't we? Why don't we create a code and it's fulcrum? And he's like, "So cool, that sounds awesome." So like, this took me and a lot of people off guard because we felt this was something that Ahsoka had created herself, and this was something that she did as her accomplishment. So it felt like this a thing that was kind of generally understood, 
was ripped away from her as as a female character, which is kind of painful, and then given to, like, Anakin and, and Saul. But, so, like, that kind of still leaves me with a little bit of a sour note, because it was... It was Ahsoka's creation up until this episode, and it was well, generally understood. Hold on, let me finish. Um, it was generally understood, and then that was taken away from her. So it was kind of this like little painful period of confusion for a lot of people. But and it still leaves me very sour to this day. But and, I and, will say, oh, go ahead. In a way, you're talking about two different fulcrums, though. You know. There was, okay, Anakin used Fulcrum and Saw Gerrera used Fulcrum. And then there's the, the, the Rebellion Fulcrum, which, you know, would be something which you could still say Ahsoka started that. But she, she just, you know, she just was like, I like, you know, I have to pick a code name. I'm going to pick something, you know, that I associate with my old master, you know, with something with rebelliousness or something. So, I mean, she created the fulcrum in the context of the thing that built the rebellion and, and, and Anakin and saw were using the word fulcrum as, as a code word at that before that, but that was in a different context and she took it out of that context and repurposed it. And it was just something that had personal meaning to her that was sufficiently oh, obscure I enough. I get it in story. I'm talking about like meta fandom. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like, cause for four years since the novel came out in 2016 for four years, we were under the, like we understood that this was something that Ahsoka created and right. then it's suddenly ripped away from her. And well, it, it caught a lot of fans off guard. Cause I, I, have, I, a, I have a metaphor involving someone we both know. It's like Andrew Slack creating the the uh, Harry Potter alliance, and but it's you know but you know J.K. Rowling's made Harry Potter, you know it's the difference. I, I guess Ahsoka's fulcrum is like Andrew Slack's Harry Potter alliance, you know. I, I I see what you're saying. I don't agree okay. <laughs> with the metaphor, and and that's just the thing, like. Like, in a meta context, like, it was understood that this was Ahsoka's creation, and then four years later, it was ripped away from this female character and given to two dudes. And it was kind of, it was very much a painful moment. Um, Now, I will say, like, in story context, yeah, I get it. Like, I get it in the story context, and it actually kind of makes sense, because in the context of Rebels, it actually helps protect Ahsoka. Because with Anakin saying, oh, Fulcrum, that's Saul Guerrera. So if he thinks that Ahsoka dies, then anytime Vader heard the word fulcrum, he would think it's Saul Guerrero because he believes that Ahsoka's dead. Vader thinks that he's dead, so he's, of course, going to believe that it's Saul. So that actually helps protect Ahsoka in the story and the timeline because she can act and the Empire will just believe it's Saul Guerrero. So I get it in the context of the story and that, and I understand why they did it. And But it's just like the meta of it is that this was taken away from Ahsoka. Even like it, when it was heavily implied her creation, so yeah, I I've come to terms with it, but it's still a little bit of a sore subject for a lot of Ahsoka fans because I've talked to to many to, to to many women about this topic, and it, it is a, almost always a sour topic in almost every woman I've talked to's mouth. I think there's only like two people who are just like, eh. but yeah. 
Oh, speaking of possessiveness, can we talk about Anakin and the lightsabers? No. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, a Star well, Wars show. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> are you crazy? To, thanks for listening to Jagos and Jedi guys, guys. Jagos and Jedi. It's a it's a it's a show about pets and and uh, <gasps> and football. <gasps> Which football, American or or soccer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> People oh, getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> It's so, a show about pets and people getting kicked in the nuts. What do you think about the whole, like, him giving her the lightsaber scenes? Because I have a lot of layered, complicated thoughts about it. I thought it was, I thought it was charming, and, but I thought, I, I could tell, you know, I think they communicated pretty well that it, that Ahsoka was just like, ah, uh, yeah, typical master. <laughs> of course, they would, they would be blue, and, you know, and he's like, blue's better, you know? And, uh, but uh yeah it's like i'm not somebody that get, i i've never been i've never been a lightsaber guy so i've never really paid much attention to the colors of the lightsaber but you know but that one is th- this this one is just like so obviously presented that you know yeah I, I, I think it ended up being charming. I guess if I was going to write it more realistically, I wouldn't have done it. But Ahsoka doesn't seem too upset. I mean, you know, when you have people that are like your family, you realize and and deal with <laughs> their personality traits, you know? And and that's the thing is, is maybe, you know... Um, you know, Anakin still can show some obnoxious personality traits. He's just about to turn to the dark side, so he mm-hmm. might be up. He might be a bit up his own ass, even more so than usual. I don't know. I think I I think it I think it 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 made sense, but it's it's yeah. Yeah, and that's it's a little of weird. Like, it it gets me every time because it's one of those things that like. Every time I watch this episode, I'm just like, it's the lightsaber scene. He's giving her her lightsabers, and it's so fun. They love each other so much, and she's so appreciative and stuff like that and stuff. Like, on this, like I, it, even when I was watching it today, I was like, yay, it's so cute. I love them. But, like, it's one of those things, like, the more and more I think about it, like, when I actually stop and think about that scene, it's, this entire episode is Anakin is just chasing Ahsoka and he's just trying to take up that time and he wants to know why she was with the Pikes and like why is she here but in but it really kind of comes up to like the lightsabers because it is a sweet it's a gesture and it's a sweet gesture and it, it is like you know he gave it back he took the fact that he took care of her lightsabers he made a special box he spent you know? some time with them yeah yeah thinking and, about her yeah and, that, and that's sweet but there's also like a little layer of creepy there, just a touch. Well, that's, um, that's doesn't that's uh, that's not out of character. <laughs> that's yeah, the thing is, maybe well, they're trying me, to say me. he's like incapable. He's just you know he's flawed to the point where he's incapable. That's as close as you can come to a sweet gesture. You know he can't make a perfectly sweet gesture because he's. He's flawed, yeah. and, and flaw is going to come out in some way in the I gesture. Was just, 
I was just about to talk about that because, like, we know, and this is, uh, surprisingly, this is the importance of the fucking kids arc in season whatever it was, where David Tennant was a robot and Hondo tries to murder children. We know how deeply, deeply personal lightsabers are. And because, like, that was the point of that arc. You know, you find your kyber crystal. You go on a journey to find your kyber crystal. You build it to your your liking. You customize it yourself. Lightsabers are deeply personal in their journeys. And not only did Anakin, you know, the nice thing is he took care of her lightsabers for her. But then he changes them. And he doesn't just make them green like they used to be because hers was green. He changes it to his color. Blue is his color. So there's always a piece of him with her, which I want to Well, that's hand, what I was saying. He's yeah. always with her. But he, it, maybe he should have made one green and one blue. That would have been a nice... Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, there is a lot of, like, super sweet sentimental things about that. But there's also, like, something a little off that he altered something so deeply personally hers. Yep. yep. And that he, just, that, that he would just sort of do that. Yeah. That's well. Yeah. That's that's Anakin. I know. <laughs> so, and oh. you know, and they and they and they were still making him the nice, genial Anakin, you know, and and not the hate spewing Anakin. But you got to have that edge to him, especially now. <laughs> so I, I think it worked. I think it worked. And that's what that's what I was. That, I think we were talking about it in an earlier episode, or maybe we were talking about it. I don't know. But this is, this is, the, oh, we were talking about it in the in the, in the last arc where you know, I mean, Ahsoka can't have a romance with somebody because everything's going to hell. You know, in a normal world, they they could they could go on with their lives, but the universe is on. They don't know it, but the universe is on the edge of being turned up on its head, and so everything. Nobody knows it, but everything is in limbo and, and nothing, you know, it's not a time. It's not a time to start building things, <laughs> you know. And so like that, that, you know, you have these nice moments, but like the, you, you can only have a shadow of it because every because the the shadow of doom is going over everything. So it it. You can have little glimmers of light, but they're imperfect and they're they're sort of doomed to never flower into what they're supposed to, you know. Ooh. Everything that basically the table is about to be overturned. So I will say these lightsabers are totally 100 percent worth it when we get that final scene. Yes. Yeah. 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 Check off lightsabers oh, come, to, come to good use. And oh, oh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah no no that's that's a really good way of putting it like there's all these seeds and nothing gets to bloom because it's just about to be nothing's right over. yeah every everything's broken and nothing is right right now so even and, you and can I, have nice you can have nice moments but like i'm sure everybody just sort of has like a little squirming anxiety in their stomach at all times you, you know? know i just thought about this no it was as we were talking um it kind of feels like talking about that story, like the story wheel of everyone's emotionally in different places, but the story is making a full circle again. But I feel like business-wise, I'm not talking like maturity or anything, like business-wise, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan are, are in different places, but it almost feels like 
Anakin is still in the past. Like, he's trying to hold on to the good old days. He's trying to hold on, like, to, like, who Ahsoka, like, used to be before she's gone on this walkabout journey. You know, she's kind of, like... And, and he even has that with, like, before Ahsoka lands on the ship. He's like, Obi-Wan, like, this is what it was supposed to happen. You know, the Force willed it. Like, she left the Order so she could be in the place to find Maul. It was destiny and stuff. And he and he feels like he's almost holding on to this, like, this need yeah. of things to go back to the way they were, but everyone's in a different place. And there, there's that one look, you know, like, after they're walking away, like, Ahsoka lands on the ship, and she's like, well, let's go talk, and everyone's walking away, and there's that lingering shot, uh, shot of, of, of uh, what's his butt? What's, Toast Daddy, what's his name? Anakin. Um, Anakin's, like, looking after them, and kind of, like, reaches out for a second, and then his hand drops, and he looks down, and it's this moment of, like, he's being left behind. When it's kind of like that's that's the feeling of the entire republic the entire republic's about to be left behind in the dust and he's he's going he's going to study under palpatine's feet <laughs> very soon you know he doesn't he's about know to go it, to search the soleil with palpatine and palpatine's like let me tell you about the story of dark pages <laughs> he might have already yeah 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 oh, oh totally and and you know so his his he's the chosen you know he's most likely the chosen one and he's in this he's in this lot this destiny line of you know moving forward so all the nice stuff is just like yeah i mean we know it rings false but like somewhere you know, basically, they've been uh, ever since episode one, they've been saying like, yeah, something's going on with the dark side, but it, it clouds the light side. So all the all the good, the Jedi are just sort of still clueless. And and I imagine they, you know, they're Jedi. They're picking up on it, but they don't know what it is they're picking up on. So I imagine people are just trying to live their life normally. It, it might be a lot like what people live underwent during the you know the 50s when they thought they were going to get nuclear bombed at any second you know and you'd be just like walking out on the street and you'd forget about it for a little while and be out having a picnic or whatever but it's always there you know mm -hmm. imagine that's what was sort of the jedi's frame of mind <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah they don't yeah. they're not you can see in the last even before this in clone wars this season came up that they were starting to feel less like, you know, in the beginning of Clone Wars, they're just like, ah, you know, in a couple of weeks when this war is over, we'll all have a beer and laugh about it. And and right now they're, you know, they're starting to think like, is this ever going to end? <laughs> I think that's what makes this episode so different is this is the, like, like, you know, Coruscant's under attack. Grievous is there, you know, like that they, they, we know feel... it's coming to an end soon, but they're probably thinking this may never come to an end. I know. I, that's what I'm saying. I kind of disagree with that. I, I, cause oh, so uh, Anakin almost has this upbeat thing of like, you're going to get Maul. I'm going to get Grievous and we'll see you on the other side. Like they, I think Anakin is like, Oh my God, this is the edge of victory, which goes back to the whole, like Anakin's at the top of his world right now. You know, he feels they're on the edge of victory. Ahsoka's back in his life. He has his wife. Um, and he's about to find out as soon as he gets back to Coruscant that he's about to be a father. Like, this is, like, pri like his world is at the absolute top of the mountain. And the only way for him to go is down. Like, he's on well, I Everest. I wonder if he's been having his dreams yet. I don't think so. Because that doesn't start until he's back on Coruscant with Padme. Well, you see a dream, but when he's talking about it, he talks about it like he's been having them for, you know, we see a dream, 
but we don't know if that's the first one he had because when he talks about it, he's like, I keep having these dreams. Oh, so, does it? It's been yeah, a real we don't hot know minute. If he's been, you know, he doesn't say if he's been having them for years or weeks or months or whatever, but he's like, I keep, ha you know, I keep having the same dream that pa Padme dies, you know. Oh, okay, so, it's been a minute since I've seen Revenge of the Sith. So I actually I haven't seen Revenge of the he's... Sith since we did our commentary, so <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> so I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I, I I wonder. I'd love to. I'd 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 like to see if that's even if anybody even knows that or if that was discussed or whatever. But yeah, I can't think of any piece of dialogue or anything that uh, he... that that would point to how long. Chris, you might possibly edit this out. Um, do you think that even though we've already done a commentary on Revenge of the Sith, we should do another one post Siege of Mandalore? Oh, that might not be a bad idea. Well, well, I won't cut this out because we can have some our listeners uh, tell us what they what, if they think that would be fun. That might be a that might be potentially that might be a potentially good idea. We could just do it. We could just do it as a show. Hope it would just be the length of a. It would just be like a longer than usual show. We could just do. You know, we won't have to wait. We don't have to wait till like a Christmas time or something like that. I would, I would be up for that because it, it, when you first said it, I was like, well, okay. But now that I'm thinking of it more and more, yeah, boy, it's what, it's gonna be if, really recontextualized. And I think maybe what if we did it to where like instead of doing a commentary, we just you know, write our show notes and then just talk about watch, it. Watch it and talk about it. We could do yeah. that. But well, 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 listeners, what do you, what, which would you rather hear? I'm, I'm down for both of them. I think, but like now that you mention it, the more I'm thinking about it, I've just started thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the more it, it sounds, the more it's, well, I mean, I'm planning when we're done with the siege of Mandalore of watching it, of getting the edit of it all together as a movie and watching it. And that's going to make me want to watch episode three even more. So I'm probably going to watch episode three no matter what. So if I have to watch it and write notes or watch it and have a commentary, <laughs> either way, it'll be great. <laughs> since, I, since I think we've already done... It's probably going to happen anyway, so I, we might as well make a show out of it. <laughs> yeah, let's... Uh, you know what? Because we... I here, here, Here we go. We were going back and forth about whether or not we wanted to do another Clone Wars roundtable since we've already had one the first time we finished the show. Instead of a Clone Wars, so, you know, we'll do like a season seven wrap up. I'll do my Rex Volution. And after that, why don't we just do an episode three um, episode? Okay, but it'll like, be sort of, in, in, instead of like our, in, instead of being just like an episode three episode, it'll be an episode three in the context of Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I, I dig it. I Episode dig it. three with a Siege of Mandalore overlay over it. All right, done and done. There, I we don't, it. and I, and Chrissy, don't even have to edit that out. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Tra we're, the transparency we'll, on Jay Guys and Jedi is unbelievable. And then we'll go into our uh, normal Christmas commentary. So and there we go. But that's all the notes I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? Not really. Um, just, uh, um, my, my general summation of this episode is, is, uh, yeah, there's, there's, th these have so much, they're so densely layered with, with good stuff. And this one is the, the setup of it, but, uh, 
boy coming up. I don't know. I'm I, sounding very disjointed, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. 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 All right. Score it up, Chris. All right. So I'm not giving this one a 10. I'm giving it a 9.75 because it's just the opener. And uh, it's it's a, it's it's not as densely packed <coughs> as the, the the next one, but it's as close to a 10 as you can get. I'm 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 grading it at a 9.75 for scale on the rest of it, but you know, spoiler, Siege of Mandalore is just you know, about a 12 or 13 all the way through. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, loved I, it. I loved it. I mean, I was literally had my hands on my chin while I was watching it. Just like I go keeps every couple minutes saying to myself, I forgot how good this was. I remember this was great, but this is great. <laughs> for me, I know my 10 for 10 episode of the season and it's next week. <laughs> I know it. Um, like hell, it's it's the siege of Mandalore. Like it's the reason we all wanted a season season seven in the first place. Yeah. I mean, what's not to love about it? I I love the parallel to the Clone Wars movies. I love that full circle. I love just how far it's come, seeing where everybody is, the tie-ins with episode three. We're in episode three timeline. We're here. Yeah. It's so much. So I gave it a nine point five out of ten. So we're about we're we're about the same. And I was just thinking, you know, like episode three is like is was the what everybody was waiting to get to who were, you know, grew up on the original Star Wars. You know, the story of Obi-Wan and Anakin and Obi-Wan turning or Anakin turning into Darth Vader was a story everybody was really curious about. You know, it was like, an, you know, a mythological story in it. So everybody knew that episode three was leading to that. So, so episode three and siege of Mandalore have that same sort of, except like with episode three, the anticipation was for a story that you already knew to resolve. And this one and siege of Mandalore is a story that you don't know really, although we do know a little bit going into the future, but we don't know the story and, and how it resolved. So it's almost like a mirror image of it, you know, because we knew Obi-Wan chopped up Anakin and then he became Darth Vader and Mm -hmm. and we just didn't know how it happened. And we and this one, we don't you know, we we don't know what became of these characters in the story, but we know that they made it through it, but we didn't know the the mechanics of the resolution so it's just really cool yeah they did good job that's an understatement they did a fantastic (laughs) job what the hell Dave Filoni I get you can rest now Filoni you can rest you you did it Well, as always, we would love to hear feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, we just have a little bit of feedback. Um, I was thinking about doing more, but on one hand, we're starting to get caught up on ourselves. And honestly, I didn't know how long this would be. So (laughs) uh, this week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook group for our episode, The Bad Batch. All right. And this one comes from, all right, I get to do, if we're only doing one, I get to do the voice. And that's Paul C. Kelly. Oh, yeah. 
I like how they named the Bad Batch Squad after 99 and Rex comments, nice touch. Oh, yeah. I'll never be over 99. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of 66. I need to. Oh. He's 66, flipped on its head. Just blew my mind a little bit. All right, candy. What are we eating? Oh, what are we eating? I have what's this little orange Kit Kat? It looks like a hazelnut Kit Kat. I have a knock a not a N A K D bar, a knocked bar, brown with blue writing on it, raw fruit and nut bar, simply yummy. Oh, let's try that. That sounds good. All right. So if you don't know what we're doing, you should probably know this by now. I think it's supposed to be start. naked, but it's but it is knocked. But it, well, it, it, the A has a line over it, so it's a. Ah, uh, we may have a couple of new listeners. This is a commentary. Always pick up a couple people commentary. So Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. So our friend Dario Gonzalez, who is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat It and Beat It podcast, um, sends us candy all over the world review because he's a flight attendant, and this time we have the knocked naked knocked bar, and it's. I from think it's England. naked. I think it's supposed to be naked. Yeah, it too. is. This is for it's hippie food. It's uh, gluten, Ooh. wheat, and dairy free. Although it doesn't say organic and GMO free. You can smell the coconut in it. Oh, this is a. Uh, it says Whole Food. I wonder if this is made by Whole Food. This one has dates, coconuts, raisins, cashew, and cocoa. That's this, it. This tastes like um. It tastes like a really bad... <laughs> oh, the after flavor is horrible. No, no. All right. Oh. Oh. It tastes like a really bad... You know when you eat protein bars and you, you have the delicious... Pro- you know how you have, like, really delicious protein bars and then you have protein bars that taste like ass? This is an ass bar. Personally, I've never gotten a protein bar that didn't taste like ass. This, I can't say that I don't like it, because I do. Cold press and never baked? What the fuck does that mean? One of one of five, one of five a day, 100% free, vegan. Ugh. Ugh. It's, it, well, it's basically just raw natural ingredients, and oh. as such, it's good, and it's probably healthier than... So dates, coconut, raisins, cashews, cocoa, and a hint of natural flavoring. Is the natural flavoring farts? Ugh. I took a bite. I can't do more. The aftertaste is horrible. Ugh. It tastes like eat naked. Naked bar it tastes like licking a naked man. Ugh. I don't know about that. I don't like, know. I've never looked a naked man. So. Like a sweaty, like a sweaty naked man. Like you just like you know the sweat from his armpit. Ugh. Oh, Ugh. If my tongue was longer, I'd give myself. A, I'd lick my own armpit tonight to to test it. But I'm confident that this Ugh. doesn't taste like my armpit. Ugh, Dario, that is not a winner. Never send me another one of these again. Ever. I'm okay with the. I I personally, I'm okay with this. You can this send is them to more Chris. something. This is more something, like. I would eat in the middle of a day in lieu of like to stave off lunch or something. 
If I, I was dying, I would eat this. I, I wouldn't eat it as thing. a candy thing. I would eat it as a hike in the trail sort of thing. But as such, I grew up on on hippie food. So I just bought some granola yesterday, as a matter of fact. Although that's not really that hippie any, anymore. But it's okay. I'm not a big coconut fan either. But I think the coconut actually saves this from being too... If this didn't have the coconut in it, it would be almost too dry to be edible for me. See, I, I love coconut too. Um, But there's just something about this that just... Nope. Nope. Maybe it's the dates. I, I'm not the biggest date person. I, it love, might be the dates. I love dates. So that could be it. God, I can't even get rid of the aftertaste. And I, like, basically chugged my drink. That might be it, because the, the dates are what give the aftertaste. Because I get that aftertaste from dates, but I like it. Because I, I love dates. I'll just sit and eat Ugh. dates all day. Well, Ugh. it'll make you poop. Yep, yep. I'll give it that. All right, Chris. Well, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. And hopefully, I haven't been saying anything about it because I haven't known the progress, but hopefully we should be um, getting our revamped website up soon. Been working with our webmaster. That's in the works. And that's at twotruefreaks.com. Find all of our podcasts. Wow. Man, maybe I should take a drink. It's definitely <clears throat> the dates that are making the difference for... I love dates. Um, you can sign up for our RSS feeds for any of our shows. We have a master feed that will give you all the Two True Freaks shows. You can also sign up on web on Webtoons, on iTunes, on the web. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We've got the Two True Freaks podcast page where we just sort of post up all our shows. And any any you know pertinent podcast news, and then we've got a more informal page, which is the Two True Freaks Cantina. And if you want to wade into this, the waist deep into the muck and bile and slime that is Twitter, we have a Twitter page, and that is run by Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. These dates suck, Gene. Secret of the ooze, but poop. Twitter gene. <laughs> I don't know. He's. I just picture him down in a sewer, floating on a little like little raft that says Twitter on it, and two with a two true freaks flag, just like guys, get me he's out of here. A, he's not a ninja turtle. <laughs> I'm thinking more like the tidy bowl man. Gene, Gene is a ninja turtle. Gene is a ninja turtle. Gene, uh, take, yeah, I, I immediately rescinded I think, that. Like, I, I take that back. Gene could totally be a ninja turtle. Absolutely. Gina Tello. Teenage mutant Gina turtles. <laughs> Gene's in half shells. Gene power. Hi, this is Chris here in the editing process. Just cutting in here to say, man, I'm listening back to this show and realizing what an idiot I am. Not for realizing the actual joke at this moment is Gene Age Mutant Ninja Turtles. Thank you. Back to the show. <laughs> anyway, that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? 
You can find us at JIs and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter accounts. You can also find me at Hope Malonex on Twitter. I, of course, have my website, geekygirlexperience.com. And by the time this episode comes out, I will be doing Mandalorian reviews weekly. So that's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, of course, Chris and I do another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. Um, I talked about it at the top of the show. And uh, you can find that anywhere you can find podcasts in your podcast catcher. And we are currently talking about Gravity Falls. And when we wrap up Gravity Falls, we're going to be doing Avatar The Last Airbender. So go ahead and hop on that because we're having a really good time doing that. Okay. 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 Next week, we're doing my favorite episode of the season. The, the wonderful reverse My Little Pony episode, The Phantom Apprentice. Yeah. I love this episode. It has probably my favorite lightsaber fight. It's so good. And... <sighs> Get ready for some Clone Wars mocap. Yeah. Too bad about the revenge porn, though. It makes it a little less exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.